and started to begin here. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. I like to think about God's plan tonight. You ever think about God sitting up in heaven before time began making plans? Hadn't thought about that before. I don't know that it, that, that happened that way. But what I do know is in the beginning, God created. And how did he create? He spoke. He just said it. I, we all probably know someone that has great ability to create things, to draw pictures, to, to do things that, that we, we look at them and how can they do that? They have such talent. I just received a beautiful quilt today and it was made by a lady that was given out to veterans and I thought, boy, she has talent. I don't think I could probably make two stitches work together, but we all know people that can do things like that. But when we make something, we make something out of something. But God created all this from nothing. Less than nothing. When I think about plans and God's plan, I was thinking about our church building here and, and I sometimes sitting in the audience, I'll be looking at things and, and I've looked at this, this curved ceiling back here and how that's curved and how it goes up. And I thought, how did they figure that out to make that fit right? Well, they had methods of doing it, and they did a beautiful job. Up here on the, the, the steel supports for the beams up there, they're at the right angle, the holes are drilled in the right place, and it's all there for a purpose. If you looked up there and saw a couple bolts missing, you would probably get nervous. The plans had to be followed exactly right. The slope of the floor, when you think about it, if the pews were built just the way I'd probably make them, you would slide off the front of them because the floor is sloped down. Somebody had to plan ahead on that. My brother-in-law used to work for a church pew manufacturing company. And he told me one time the hardest job they ever had was a, a big auditorium like this with a, a circular floor and curved down and try to make all the pews fit in that building. It was a challenge, but there were plans and they followed the plans. Now there were probably months, perhaps years for all the plans and a permit for this building. When God did it, he just said it and it happened. He didn't have to go to, to anybody to get permits or check with the workers or go to resource and development or anything. God is able to just do it when he speaks. I had a dear brother up in Langley when I was pastor there that worked for a drafting company. And it was amazing sometimes. He'd show me some of the things that, that he did and all the technicalities of some of the things. And I was just amazed that he could do those things. He would look at the blueprints and they would order some 
metal fabricated things from Japan or someplace, and they'd come all welded at a right angle with the holes in the right place, and they would fit together. He talked about a, a peace bridge. This is one of the bridges that goes from the United States over to Canada. It's over near New York somewhere. And that bridge is somewhere around three or 4,000 feet long. And he told me he had over 200,000 7-8-inch bolts holding that bridge together. And that was a remodel, a retrofit the bridge. But when God makes things, he makes them right. God's plans don't need revisions. They don't, he doesn't need a research and development up in his office someplace. Again, when God speaks, it's done. And God has a plan for you and for me. Every one of us, even from the very beginning of time, God had a plan for us. How do we fit into God's plan? Are all the bolts in place? Everything is the right angle? All the blueprints followed carefully? And in God's creation, he designed us to where we can make our own choice. So we choose where we'll spend eternity. We choose whether whether we'll end up in heaven or we'll end up in hell. It's our choice. And may God help us to make, follow his plans. This last week, uh, a bunch of the guys went up and motorcycle, ride their motorcycles up in the woods. And uh, it was a fun time. I went early and I was just driving up there by myself and just kind of daydreaming and wasn't paying much attention, and all of a sudden here the sign said Hood River. And I thought, that's not the way to bend. I made the wrong choice. Wasn't even thinking about it, but I was just daydreaming along the road. We don't want to be caught daydreaming in our spiritual life. We want to be careful we follow God's plans. Some of the plans that God had for my life, I think about that. My dad came from the Colorado, Wyoming area. He was an oil well driller. Through a series of events, and I believe it was God's plans, that he ended up coming out west, and he ended up at Goldendale, where he met my mother, and they were married, and later moved to the Chehalis area, had seven kids, and then there was some problems in some other families, and we ended up with another six cousins, so there was a whole bunch of us. My dad died when I was about 10 years old in 1955. My mom had a hard life, but she always had a smile. You know why she had a smile? She had Jesus in her heart. Sometime in the Goldendale area where they lived, she had gone to a church and she was saved and God made a change in her life. And that's all I knew was a very, very sweet Christian mother. She saw that we were faithfully taken to church I don't know exactly how that all worked out because we lived about six or eight miles out of town and mom didn't drive. She never did drive. I tried to teach her one time and after ended up out in the field, I says, we won't do that anymore. But we had tried. But she was so faithful and praying and she had this, I can still see it in my mind, this real nice little box full of promises. And we'd take those out and read them real, real often. I was saved for a while, 
going to church, involved in, in the church. We had, we had gone to a free Methodist church and they taught about salvation. But I, I let that slip. I, I wasn't careful. I was careless. I wasn't making plans to be a Christian. A friend of mine joined the Navy and talked me into joining with him and was in the Navy and we weren't together. He went one way and I went the other way, but my life went downhill. And then, oh, after being over in Vietnam, I was discharged. I decided I'd go down to the employment office and I start drawing unemployment. So that was a good thing to do. I'll just sit and do nothing and draw unemployment. But you know, God had other plans for my life. I can, st- I can still remember. I'm not knocking anybody, but I went down there to that employment office and there was this long line of people I didn't think I want to associate with necessarily. And there was a real short line over here. I got in a short line, went in and got a job. Started working a couple of days. All part of God's plan. When I started working there, I was printing pocket checks. I had never, didn't know what a printing plant was, but that's what I did. And during that time in God's planning, he sent somebody from this church. Name was Phil. He began working there where I work. We got to be good friends, ran around together. And he invited me to a young people's church service up in Puyallup. We had a little church up there then. And I was so thrilled to see young people like, like we have here on the front row and the ladies there and their smiles. That really struck me when I saw those kids jumping up and testifying. I thought, I don't have what they have and I'm missing out. The church I had gone to, I made comments about crowbar testimonies. It seemed like the pastor would get up and say, somebody testify and just work and work and work. It's almost, almost every meeting down in this front row over here was Seymour and Francis Watson. They would get up and they would say how good God was. But I thought, when I saw those young people that were so inspired and so happy, it made a change in my life. I'll tell you. It was just not much longer. Oh, I don't know, maybe a month later, I had got home from the tavern doing things I shouldn't do. And I finally just said, Lord, I need to change my life. This is no good where I'm going. I'm not following your plan for my life. And I can remember I was actually in a little back bedroom in my mother's house. And I just laying on back in bed and just started calling out to God. He says, Lord, I promise you I'll live for you the rest of my life if you'll help me. I said, well, I don't want to tell anybody, Lord, about it right away because I want to make sure that I'm saved. Well, you know what? The next day I went to Fred, my boss, and says, I'm not going down to the tavern with you anymore. He laughed at me and says, yeah, King, I've heard that before. I didn't go back. God made a change. I started following God's plan for my life. I started attending the church there in Chehalis, and I was uh, invited to come down to camp meeting. And I thought I was kind of Mr. Cool. I was driving a little 56 T-Bird. And I remember parking someplace over in here before the church was built. Went over to the campground and they didn't want me to stay on the campground because I didn't, I didn't look the part. Okay. I, uh, I was a different looking person. But Brother Warren Trotter stood up for me and he said I needed to be on the campground. I remember staying in a corner. Uh, men's dorm with uh, Brother George that uh, fell from Seattle. 
and we were both scared of each other. But before camp, before the day was over, we good friends still even to this day. Well, when I attended the meeting, I heard about sanctification. I heard about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I didn't know what it was. In my mind, it was like it was only preacher's kids that had that. I, I didn't know. But I was asking questions. I was reading the tracts. And that first Thursday night, down at one of the, the chairs, the Lord sanctified me. It was an absolute, definite experience. I would just dumped it all in the Lord's lap, you might say. And the Lord sanctified me. A beautiful experience. I remember running around the campground and area. And then Friday night, went back to church. And another good meeting. I got up and walked out that side door over there. And we had some plans, some other friends and I. And we were going to do some things that night. When I stepped out that door, a friend met me out there. And she said, why don't you go back in and get your baptism? Okay. Why don't you get your baptism tonight? How do you answer that? I don't want it. I don't think I can get it. I All kinds of excuses maybe, but you know what I did? The best thing I ever did in my whole life. I turned right around, came back in the door, went down the altar, and I was there till sometime around midnight when God sent that spirit down as Brother Nolan talked about him. Oh, what a wonderful thing that was. Talking in another language, praising the Lord. Uh, initially, I was conscious of damaging my watch, but once we got to praying, I forgot about everything else. And the Lord and I, we were together very close that night, have been for a long time. Started attending a church there in Chehalis, met a young lady. We fell in love and we were married on Valentine's Day, 1970. We were, and God had a plan for us. And we were following God's plan. We had three children, and our son Robbie had gone up to ski at the White Pass one day and uh, lost his life. He had an accident and died. And I thought, now how can that fit into God's plan? How can something like that fit into God's plan? Well, a couple different things. You do your best as parents to teach your children to be ready for heaven, right? That's we, we just do our best to train our children to be ready for heaven. He got there before I expected. Well, that wasn't so bad. And then the young man that Robbie was with, his name was Jason, lived next door to us. Uh, they got to be good friends. and They had gone up there and, and Jason came home and that night or so he made a decision. I mean, he was saved. He decided he'd go into the ministry. <laughs> and uh, today, he's one of the, he is the uh, head chaplain at the Supermax prison there in Colorado. He has the opportunity time and time again. He gets paid by the government of the United States of America to tell people about God. And he does a good job. I think, you know, that was part of God's plan. And then we were asked to move over to Yakima, where I was to be the pastor. I'd never thought about being a pastor, but I said, I'll follow God's plan. We did that. They had a wonderful time. I had never thought I ever wanted to go to Yakima. 
Uh, that was kind of how I had been. I had never thought I, I, I didn't care to go to Yakima. But we were asked. I said yes. And what a wonderful time we had. We had a wonderful time there. And then from there, we went to Langley Bridge, Columbia, where I pastored. And I'm so thankful I said yes to God's plans. We read in the Bible about a man that didn't follow God's plan. God asked him to go to Nineveh and cry against that city. And you know what he did? He wouldn't follow God's plan. He paid money out of his own pocket to get on board a ship to go the opposite way he was supposed to go. Dumb thing to do. When God has a plan for you, when God asks you to do something, do it. Don't question it. So then you know how he was thrown overboard and how the Lord prepared a great fish to swallow him up. How many days and nights was he in the belly of that fish? It was three days and three nights. Why didn't he pray the first night or the second night? It says, then he prayed, it says he was in there three days and three nights, and then he prayed. That wasn't very smart, was it? Wouldn't it save us all a whole lot of problems if we pray to start with? Don't run away from God, but if you made a mistake, if you go away from God, don't wait three days or three months or don't wait any time. Call upon him right away. And when Jonah did call upon God, remember how the fish got sick and threw him up on the land? And then God told him to go preach, and he did. It pays to serve God. Don't delay. Serve him Every day. And then we go back to John, the first book, first chapter. In the beginning was the word. Here we go back to the beginning again. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same as in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. God created. God made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. Goes on to say that it was like they didn't understand the light. Here they had the light, but they didn't understand it. I pray that there's not somebody like that here tonight that has heard the light, that has heard the word time and again, but didn't obey. Decided. My plans are better than God's plans. No, they're not. They never will be. God's plans are always the right plans. And you know, it says in John 3, 3, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. God's plan does have requirements. We must be born again. But that's easy because it says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God has a plan, but he has a way to fulfill all those plans. We don't have to worry about things and get frustrated about things. God's plan includes salvation. It includes sanctification. It includes the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Those are all part of God's plans. Don't leave any bolts out of the 
the beams. Don't leave any parts out of the foundation. Just follow God's plan. You know, if uh, if when they installed the organ over here, Sean, if they had left out about five of the wires that go from there up there, it wouldn't work very good, would it? If they left off some strings off the piano, well, that would be disappointing to all of us. Don't be disappointed by leaving things out of God's plan. Just follow his plan. Are you willing? Are you willing to follow God's plan tonight? Are you willing to go through the fire? Through the flood? We don't know what tomorrow holds, do we? There's no one here that can say, I know what's going to happen tomorrow. We can say, I have these plans. But God knows about tomorrow. And if you follow God's plans, you don't have to worry about things. Again, you know, you see how the world's going. We, we can, we can pretty well forecast that things are going to get worse. But we don't have to worry about that if we are following God's plan. If you follow God's plan, you'll come out the winner every time. But don't shortcut God's plan. I encourage you to spend time in prayer. Seek and to find what God has for you. We're going to sing number five, <clears throat> 598. We open the altars for prayer.